This week on BASIC, a special bonus episode in which Doug and I discuss our favorite basic cable television shows of all time. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of BASIC, the official podcast of the unofficial history of cable television. I'm Doug Herzog, a former TV executive. And I'm Jen Cheney, TV critic at Vulture and New York Magazine. Now, we'll be back next week with our first episode of Season 3, but until then, we thought we'd spend a little time looking back at some of our favorite basic cable shows of all time. Since cable is over 40 years old, which is very depressing, uh, we thought we'd do this by decade. <laughs> so we're going to start with the 80s. All right, now, before we start, Jen, I just got to ask you, did you make any New Year's resolutions? Not yet. I, I, I like to do them after the new year has started so that, like, I can think about it a little bit more. Sure. Get out of the get out of the uh, the crowd of everybody doing it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be a renegade in my resolution. You want, you want your space. Yeah. I, my, my, I, I always have the same one. I'm going to always try and lose a little weight, which, you know, I never do. But if I maintain, I feel like it's a victory. And uh, <laughs> I decided I decided maybe maybe a little less time on Twitter. So we'll see. Probably a smart move. Is that because Elon Musk owns them? It's I don't know. It just seems like uh, it's just that's that's our that's our producer uh, Christian Swain, folks. But it, it just I don't know. I just feel like I, a little. I could spend a little less time on Twitter. It's just something I'm feeling. Well, if the whole thing implodes, I think we could all spend a if, little. If less it no time longer on. exists, that'll be a very easy resolution to keep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so. The '80s. Let's go. The '80s. The '80s. Let's start. You want to start, or you want me to start? I want you to start. All right, so here we go. We're going to start uh, our best or favorite cable shows ever with the 1980s. So, you know, I'm older than you, Jen. I go way back. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually, as we've discussed many times in almost every episode, I was working in cable way back in the 80s. I started in 1981. I was at uh, Cable News Network uh, the day it launched. Um, so that's how old I am. And I have to say, this is an era of cable television that is near and dear to my heart. A, you know, as first and foremost, a TV fan, which I always was, B, as somebody who, you know, kind of worked in the industry, and C, and maybe most important, I just loved, like, that cheesy, low-rent, let's <laughs> make it up as we go along, pioneer spirit that, you know, was part of cable in those days. There was not a lot of original programming on, on cable way back when. There were some crappy live sports, there were a lot of reruns, uh, mm -hmm. music videos, right, 24-hour news. They were just trying to fill time. Right. I'm going to say that my favorite show from the early 80s was on the USA Network. Uh, it was a production of a company then known as Titan Sports, later mm -hmm. to be known as WWE Entertainment. And I believe the WWE was, which, of course, is the wrestling outfit, uh, uh, might have still been known as the WWF back then. Uh, mm -hmm. They might have been getting close to... Not the World Wildlife, Wildlife Federation. No, no. So... <laughs> They did a show. They would do. They did a show for a couple of years um, on the USA Network called Tuesday Night Titans, and it was a talk show. It was a parody of the David Letterman show, hosted by Vince McMahon in character. Oh my god! And he would talk to these wrestlers um, as, as if it were like a real talk show, and it it was freewheeling. It was all those things I said. It was cheesy. It was low rent. It was make it up as they went along. And I have to say, I kind of loved it. And uh, I'm always looking for, like, old clips on, uh, you know, YouTube. It was the era of, like, Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper and the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter. And he was real. Vince was really just starting to get this thing going. And uh, it was kind of brilliant in its own cheesy, low-rent way. I have never seen that. I don't think. Maybe I've seen clips from it and I didn't realize where they came from. But 
I have never seen. Is it available on YouTube? I think there's some clips on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, our guest Fab Five Freddy said, everything's lives forever on YouTube. Baby. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. So, so yeah, so I stumped you with that one. You stumped me with that one. I, yes. I'm at a slight yeah. disadvantage in that I did not have cable in the 80s because my parents refused to pay for it, and I was very young. Uh, and so my answer may sound like a cheat, but I, it, it's really the only honest answer because it's not a show. But my my favorite cable thing was MTV. Just no, of course, yeah. You turn it on and yeah. watch whatever I'm, the hell I'm is right on. There. Yeah. Whatever well, it was. That was probably the only show that was ever on my apartment was MTV. Yeah, and that's I think everybody's you know a lot of people's gateway into cable television, right? It was um, you know it was kind of we look we've talked about it a lot. We got a great episode coming up in season three with uh, original VJ um, Alan Hunter where we do a deep dive into MTV. But yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of people's you know gateway cable drug. So I get that. As I have said on here many times. Because I didn't have cable, uh, I would watch it on vacation. I would watch MTV at friends' houses. My father would, he had coworkers who would record things off of MTV for us, which is how I got the um, the hour when Andy and John Taylor guest VJ'd because some coworker put it on VCR. That's how we got all of Live Aid. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the premiere of Pretty in Pink, someone recorded that for me so I could see Fee Wable hosting it, you know. Yeah. But uh, so I ingested for someone who didn't have cable, I ingested a phenomenal amount of MTV. I did not. Uh, I didn't have cable when I was working in Los Angeles uh, when CNN launched. I did not have cable in L.A. It was not in my neighborhood. I didn't get cable till I moved to New York for the MTV job. Manhattan had cable. And so that was the first time I'd actually had basic cable uh, in my own house. I want to give two uh, two other shout outs. One is to um, Night Flight, which was also on Ooh. the USA Network, okay. which was a sort of a hodgepodge of music videos and midnight movies and weird stuff and rock and roll stuff. And used to love that. That was on late nights, I think, Fridays and Saturdays or maybe just one night. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing which I loved was... Um, uh, Big Mondays on ESPN in which they had Big East basketball, which really went a long way towards establishing, oh, nice. you know, not only not only Big East basketball and college basketball, which has become a major thing. But but ESPN, obviously, mm -hmm. um, those are the days of, you know, Georgetown and St. John's and uh, uh, Villanova. And they were all winning national championships. You could name every coach and all the players were there four years. It was a, it was a it was a it was a pretty cool time for uh, college basketball. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, shout out to the ACC. Uh, but sure. anyway, let's move on to the 90s. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Are you, so so 90s, um, Gen Z or Gen X, as Excuse we like to refer me. to you here. Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen, sorry. Sorry. sorry I don't know, mistake. Gen. I'd take that. You know, that means you're 22 years old. I'm my old. son's age all of a sudden. That's cool. <laughs> no, you're, you, are, you, are, you are our very own Gen X. So let's hear what you loved in the 90s. I had a hard time coming up with one. So I wrote down three, which I guess is cheating. Um, one, uh, we've had this gentleman on the that created this on on the podcast. I had to put Beavis and Butthead. I really, of course, it still holds up. As stupid as it is, like it, 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 I mean, it does and it doesn't. The music videos are super old that they were watching, but I I still find it very funny. Brilliant. Future guests of the podcast, um, South Park. Yeah, uh, Trey yeah. Parker and Matt Stone. That show is still going on. I do not watch it with the same regularity I, that I did back in the day. But when it first started, I mean, and I feel like that about, I feel like this about a lot of the stuff that we talk about, where when I first saw South Park, I was like, what in the hell? How the hell could you put that on yes. television? Right. We're, we've made an entire episode about a P 
piece of poop for Christmas? What is going on? And so, and I know it's the same, you know, the same way I felt when I first watched MTV. I'm like, what is this? Like, you don't, I don't have that same kind of experience very often with anything on TV in that same way where it just felt like, this is nuts. And I don't know how this happened. <laughs> well, you said, you said last week, Jen, on our, on our bonus episode last week, that if, um, uh, some of these shows um, that some of these shows would have never gotten past HR in 2020. Mm. So South Park and and Beavis and Butthead might be examples of that now they were both brilliantly done and both really smart. So they mm-hmm. you know it wasn't really just about being outrageous and and you know uh, and, and bad words uh, and right. that kind of thing. Although it was so about that a little real good real good social commentary. Yeah, they've stood they, they have stood the test yeah. of time and um, and they were groundbreaking, you know, and you know uh, and and sort of sent animation, you know, forward in a way that we're still feeling to this day, you know, through mm-hmm. uh, everything on Fox and Adult Swim and, and now everything you see on the streamers. Yeah. I mean, um, it started with The Simpsons in the same that's era. True. And that's then, true. Yeah. And then Beavis and Butthead and South Park. Not basic cable. It's but, not basic uh, cable, yeah. but I can, I just have to yeah. always yeah. put that into perspective. Right. The thing for me with South Park was just how quickly they were able to take something topical and then have a show about it like yeah. a week later. And you're like, how the how the how do you do that with animation? We're we're gonna hear from Matt and Trey in season three, and they will they will tell us and tell the audience how they you know almost produce the show in real time, like it's a like it's Saturday Night Live. It's you know it's sort of done week to week. So that's a uh, 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 gonna be a great conversation that's coming up for us. So for me, the '90s, you know, I of course was at MTV and then Comedy Central later in the decade. So I was sort of right in the middle of it. Um, but you know, I I was raising a young family. And uh, my my sons um, were little boys back then in the 90s, and I watched a lot of kids programming with them. And I have to say, one of my favorite, first of all, shout out to Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy and all those shows on Nickelodeon, <laughs> even Doug. They were they were really great. I'm not sure if your kids have been watching Ren and Stimpy, to be honest with you. but Probably not. <laughs> I'm not going to win Parent of the Year. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My favorite kids and family show was something called The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh, um, nice. Which was on Nickelodeon, which was a really cool show about these two kids named Pete and Pete. It had a lot of heart. It, they had a lot of really cool directors who um, participated in it. A lot of guys who made uh, music videos or a lot of people who made music videos. They would have occasional rock stars. Um, Iggy Pop, I think, was on an episode once. Uh, you know, uh, So you never, never knew who you were seeing. It was a really sweet, cool, funny show. Uh, and... Uh, I, I loved watching it with I, I loved watching it with the boys, and you know, even years after, you know, we we dig back every once in a while and watch an episode of Pete, Pete, Pete and Pete. I do want to give one brief shout out to one other show that started in the '90s that no one has mentioned so far when we've asked for a favorite show from our guests. Behind the music. Oh, when Behind the show. Music started, oh, yeah, I loved that show. Couldn't um, get enough of it. Yeah, and I mean, because it, it was doing something that at the time wasn't really being done, which is going back and finding. Sometimes it was bands or artists that were very well known, sometimes not, uh, and telling the backstory of how, of course, everything inevitably went wrong or, or the obstacles they had to overcome. And uh, that was at a time when I feel like docuseries were not huge on television in general. And I feel like no. Behind the Music started to no. push that forward a little bit. I think that's right. I think that's absolutely mm -hmm. right. And, uh, and, and, a, and a very particular way of storytelling as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that would sort of drag you along to, to the to the sad ending. Can you um, remember? <laughs> every rock band has a sad ending. ending. Can you remember who was the subject of the very first episode of Behind the Music? Now that I don't oh. know. Okay. She's got us here. Millie Vanilli. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's, that's, that actually rings right. I mean, yeah. it's a sad, sad story. For the 90s, I have special shout outs to uh, ESPN Sports Center, Dan Patrick and Keith Overman. Dan Patrick, who's been a guest here, uh, highly influential show and uh, um, really cool show. Uh, started on Cartoon Network and I think ultimately went to Adult Swim, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yes, I had that down too. I love Space Ghost. I watched <laughs> yeah, it cool in real show. time every Friday night. That was a really, really cool show. Speaking yeah. of rock stars on, uh, on shows. All right. Anyway, heading into uh, the 2000s and the millennium. Um, you know, we're going to find a way to talk about this show, hopefully, in season three. We have not yet uh, done an episode dedicated to it. I got to go Mad Men. That's, I just that loved, was mine I as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I mean, it spans. Jen, the rich. I, will, I will triple it that. It started yes. in that, and it, it continued. It ended in 2015. So technically, it kind of has a foot in each, in two decades. Decade. But, but right. it started then, so I, I counted as 2000s. And yeah, me too. I miss that show every single day of my life. I, I still think it's one of the best television shows ever. So, that, ever. so, so given the fact that we both agreed, um, do you have a second choice, Jen? Do you have a, a runner-up? The other one that I wrote down was The Daily Show. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, in yeah. the Jon Stewart era uh, when Bush was president. Could we have gotten away getting through the Bush? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was sustenance. It was like, 
I have to watch this every night to maintain my sanity. <laughs> it was like I'd been prescribed it, but I also enjoyed it. Right. I think that's right. And I, I did, that does not make my list is, you know, I was uh, uh, I sort of disqualify myself. But, you know, two shows that I was a really big fan of um, uh, in that uh, era Another Comedy Central show, Chappelle Show. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I was not—I was not at Comedy Central when when the Chappelle Show started and got greenlit. Um, and then uh, I was—you were there when it ended. I was there. <laughs> we told that story. I and, think you were part of the process of ending. It, and, the, right? and the other—I don't know about that. And the other—I <laughs> didn't go to Africa. I didn't leave the set. Um, and then the other—the uh, other you just gave him the money. The other show I was a huge fan of, and I think it's like a little underrated, and people don't talk about it anymore. Although we did have the star as a guest. Uh, is Rescue Me and Dennis Leary. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a oh. I was a big Rescue Me fan. I just uh, I, I love that show. I thought it uh, thought it was a great run. A lot of a lot of great storytelling and drama, and a lot of great black dark comedy. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. So, is, is it fair to say that the two thousand are when basic cable began to have premium shows? Yes. Uh, yes. I don't think that occurred. 100%. Well, yeah, and and I think that and, definitely and, didn't occur in the eighties. The, the, honestly, <laughs> the the history is if we're really going back started with the shield on fx Mm -hmm. in like 2004 and then i was at usa network and we put on monk i don't know if that's considered you know like in the same category although it did win you know some emmys and and golden globes and things like that but those were like the first two um sort of nip tuck scripted and and then nip tuck nip nip tuck was right around that time and yeah and then all of a sudden you know basic cable um, after years and years and years of really not being able to afford it or attract an audience for these things, um, began to do these sort of premium scripted shows. And, you know, again, leading all the way up to Mad Men and, and Breaking Bad and Walking Tall and now Yellowstone and everything else. You so, mean Walking uh, Dead? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. <laughs> walking Tall. Walk. <laughs> that, that was That's a movie. the 70s. That's the <laughs> 70s. Speaking of, so is the two thousands the golden age? I, I that would I guess would mm, be the golden. I think age. it was the twenty tens personally. Well, do so you think it was the okay? All right, okay. so make make your case, Jen. Uh, I just think that in terms of the basic cable doing prestige drama, I mean, you still had Mad Men. I can't remember when did Breaking Bad start. Is it? It might have started at the end of the two thousands, but it was it was doing it was it ended its run after Mad Men did. Um, and then two shows that I singled out on my list that I think are just absolutely outstanding. One is The Americans on FX. That's another show that I miss every single day. Um, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese were just so fantastic together on that show um, as spies. And it's it's the rare show that is set in the 80s and it feels absolutely period accurate. Like not someone playing it like this is actually an 80s party and not what the 80s were like, but it feels – and. It, I mean, down to the references, like it takes place in D.C., which is where I'm from. And the June Rhee ad that used to famously play on TV is in an episode of The Americans. Like I my head exploded when that happened. Um, and then my other one, which is an AMC show that I feel like not enough people have watched, Halt and Catch Fire. We watched such, that during COVID. Yeah. Good such show. a terrific, terrific show. Yeah. Oh, well, another show uh, greenlit by uh, my old MTV buddy Joel Stillerman and I you know on my top of my list was Walking Dead which is was which was the show that Joe brought to uh, AMC and had huge success with we talked to Gail and heard um, uh, this past season about The Walking Dead and it was it was just a giant show I'm not a genre guy I'm not a zombie guy I'm not a horror guy but I stuck with that show for I don't know how many seasons did it run 807 
Yeah, I think I stuck with it about 805. I, I, I bailed at some point, but uh, but I, I, I did watch it for a long time. I thought it was great um, and super fun and, and came out of nowhere. Um, other, you know, sort of honorable mentions for me would be Atlanta. Oh, um, for sure. Search yeah. Party. Oh, I love Search Party. Yeah, and a show that I think kind of harkens back to what I loved about the beginning of Cable and Tuesday Night Titans and all that kind of stuff is the NBA on TNT. <laughs> um, I I could watch Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith um, do what they do, uh, you know, every night if they would at late night. I just think they're hilarious. They have unbelievable chemistry. It's great fun and it's kind of freewheeling and it reminds me of the glory days of cable. Heading into the 2020s, um, have you seen anything that uh, you think we'll be talking about in 10 years? So, I mean, I think um, it's very early in its run, but uh, the show that I picked as the top show of this year um, is not Basic Cable, unfortunately, but it's it's uh, Apple TV show Severance. Um, if they continue to, to produce as high quality as they did in the first season, I think that could potentially be uh, an all timer. I mean, Atlanta, which you mentioned, that just ended. It kind of, again, spans a couple different decades. Uh, right. And I think that's. We're already talking about it. I think we will be talking about that show for a long time. Um, God, I don't even know. I mean, yeah, there are so many, and it's just hard to know. Like, like so much in TV, it's hard to know what's really going to stick. Uh, well, here's what we do. Here's what we do know. You yeah. and I will be talking about basic cable television next week for sure. Yes. So, <laughs> come come hell or come hell or high water. Yes, I can predict that that is absolutely correct, and I know I'm going to be right. All right. What? Well, isn't isn't kind of interesting that a lot of those big time shows have all kind of ended? You know, uh, Better Call Saul's ended, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Atlanta's ended, um, uh, um, uh, Better Things has ended. Just so many of the, and are they going to have the money to make more prestige type of uh, uh, content in basic cable, or is that just go to the streamers? I, well, I think right. Yeah, I think it goes to the streamers right now. I think I think basic cable is probably out of the prestige drama business. Why would you put a prestige drama on a platform where only you have the opportunity to get to 50 percent of the country? Yeah, but I mean, there's no I still don't think there's any reason not to put something on cable and on streaming, which is what a lot of, you know, a lot of places do and try to, like, get the benefits of both. Yep. And that'll last, and you know, as long as as long as cable does. And like you know, we talked about last week. You know, these companies and uh, these platforms have got a lot to figure out um, in 2023 and and beyond. But I can tell you this, you know, and I I, I used to say this all the time when I was in it. Like TV's not going away; it's only getting bigger. Um, there's 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 more of it than ever. There's better TV than ever. Um, where we watch it, how we watch it, you know, that's probably you know continues to evolve and be up in the air. But TV's going to be with us, you know, for all time. And as a working TV critic, while I don't want anyone to lose their jobs, if there's like a little less TV, I'm fine with that because it's insane. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Well, look, uh, make sure to join us next week when we begin season three of Basic with brand new interviews and guests like Jon Stewart, Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park. Bravo's Andy Cohn, Trevor Noah, Weird Al Yankovic. Jen's favorite, John Taylor from Duran Duran, um, FX chairman John Landgraf. And that's just to name a few. I still think the fact that we're getting John Taylor might be an elaborate prank on me. We'll see. So we'll have to find out. We'll see. But uh, Happy New Year, everyone. And uh, thanks, Christian Swain, our executive producer, for joining us. And we will see you next time on BASIC. BASIC is a Pantheon Media production in partnership with Sirius XM. Hosted by Jen Cheney And Doug Herzog. Produced by Christian Swain and Peter Ferrioli. Lindley Ehrlich is our assistant producer. 
Sound design and music by Jerry Danielson. Mixed and mastered by Brian Slusher. Recorded and edited by Zach Spisner. You can find Basic on Apple Podcasts, the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other people can find us. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.